Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive and for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 26th and 27th. Get your tickets now at Daytona International. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right everyone i'd like to welcome you to our first and move over from monday night to monday morning at nine central time the rowdy maglite show and kyle magnum what's going on kyle hey rowdy uh Got a lot to talk about with Indianapolis, uh, the short track on the road course. Uh, I know we got a lot of a lot of audio to play from the weekend, and uh, you know, pretty smooth weekend it looked like. Uh, you know, uh, we have another winner. We have another guy solidifying his playoff hopes. Uh, another driver who basically dominated Saturday in the Xfinity race, and uh, also Arca and Trucks at Lucas Oil uh, making their return there. So a uh, lot, lot, lot to talk about this morning. Well, Kyle, you know, we, we're moving over from Monday night to uh, Monday morning, and uh, something I think, just try something new. It's, it was uh, going on nine years at night, so let's try something on Monday morning at nine, catch some folks coming back from the race, uh, the drive in to work, and uh, we have the availability to play all the winners from the previous weekend. So I, I think Monday morning is kind of the right time to start this, Kyle. Yeah, and I, I think, too, with scheduling, um, another big thing, you know, like Mondays I haven't really been, you know, getting a break with Monday night. But, uh, but yeah, I think Monday morning's good. Um, I'm I'm home. I'm awake. And, uh, you know, a little bit of coffee doesn't hurt either. But, uh, yeah, it's been a – you know, it's, it's something to try new. I know we'll be sticking to Thursday nights, too. Um, we'll be staying with that. So um, we're going to try and focus more on our guests on Thursday night. Um, that worked out really well last Thursday. Uh, four guests, uh, two pre-taped, two live. And, uh, yeah, um, kind of good to go to Monday morning, kind of recap everything, get everybody up to date, and uh, kind of get everybody uh, ready to uh, for the next weekend. Well, Kyle, we uh, – was RPI with the on Friday night with the Arkham Menard series and also with the truck series starting after the uh, winner of the Arca race and weather was perfect, made for some great racing and we we had Chandler Smith rolling back down in the Arkham Menard series, double doing double duties and uh, wins his uh, our first Arca race for the twenty twenty two season. Rowdy, that was his third one in a row. Arca won in a row at IRP. 
Um, won there in 2019 and in 2020. Uh, they didn't race there in 2021. But, uh, yeah, Chandler Smith dominating the, uh, the Arkham Menard Series race at Lucas Oil, the Reese's 200. Um, you know, I know we had Dylan Smith, Dylan Mamba Smith on the show. Uh, Thursday night he finished ninth for Young's Motorsports in his Arkham Menard Series debut. Um, a lot down, but uh, did finish the race. So, uh, yeah, Sammy Smith was second again. Um, you know, we had Taylor Gray up there. You know, Taylor Gray ran really well in the truck race, too. Um, had a shot at winning that race uh, until he got uh, got taken out late. But, uh, yeah, Taylor Gray, uh, the Pocono and Mid-Ohio winner. Um, Daniel Dye finished fourth, and then Connor Mosack with the fifth. Uh, for Brett Holmes Racing. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it went. Uh, Michigan's coming up next to Henry, or I think the Henry Ford Health Systems 200, I forget what, or Henry Health Systems 200 and Michigan International Speedway coming up. Uh, I know Corey Himes expected to be back and uh, in the 20 car. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, Chandler Smith uh, had a good shot at winning that truck race, too. Uh, got a little damage, got in the, got in the back a little bit and uh, kind of ended his night. So, uh, yeah, doubleheader at a... Uh, Luke, or at uh, IRP, um, like you, like I've said, I've been there before. I've seen Travis Braden win 2015, and um, yeah, it was a good night, good night of racing. Um, I was able to see, well, at least listen to some of the ARCA race and then uh, catch the truck race. So um, big win for Grandfinger Rowdy. Um, you know, they make the playoffs after Pocono. You know, coming in, you know, ninth in the in the, in the playoffs and uh, gets the win, and they're in, in the next round. Pretty big win for the GMS racing team. Absolutely, Kyle. Uh, home state guy for me. Uh, Grant's glad he got a win. That It was really good. But, you know, Kyle, I believe experience at uh, IRP really paid off. People who have raced there done really well there. Grant's raced there in the Arc of Menard Series uh, with GMS back in 2014 and 2015. So, uh, no surprise there um, that he was good. A lot of different, diff, different, different, differing. I can't talk. Differing strategies in the truck race. Uh, you know, guys taking on tires and at, at different times. Guys staying out under the caution. Kind of, you know, uh, it's kind of how that race tends to run out. And uh, Grant was there at the right time. Uh, he was running up front most of the night. Um, really, no surprise there. Um, not surprised that he's been running good. Um, well. It, we led 13 laps on the night, but, uh, yeah, uh, I thought Ty Majeski had a really good run going, too, in the truck race. Um, I know he was running up front for a while, and then he kind of got kind of got uh, back uh, through pitch strategies and um, led 71 laps on the night. John Hunter Nemechek led the most with 75. But, uh, yeah, um, you had uh, four of the, the top four were all playoff drivers, Brad Enfinger, Ben Rhodes, Zane Smith, who did come back. Um, from damage uh, to finish third, and then Stuart Fries in fourth. Um, Rowdy, I, I almost forgot, uh, Scott Riggs' son, Lane Riggs, finishing se- seventh in his NASCAR Camping World Truck Series debut for Helmar Fries in racing. Um, good run for him, the 20-year-old. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a pretty pretty interesting race. You know, ended with overtime, and um, Grandfinger comes out as the winner. Well, Kyle, the most exciting thing, I guess, out of the Arkham Art Series at IRP is we got to actually finish the race and find the winner. Yeah, Rowdy. Um, 
we didn't have any time issues or anything this time, even with the truck race being at nine o'clock Eastern, no problems finishing the race. And, uh, you know, just like I said, glad to see the trucks back at Lucas Oil, especially when NASCAR's at the big track over the weekend, and IndyCar too. So, um, busy weekend um, at Indianapolis. A doubleheader with NASCAR and IndyCar on Saturday. Um, you know, 12.30 p.m. Eastern was the was uh, the, the race, 85 laps for the, Indy, the, the NTT IndyCar Series, um, won by Alexander Rossi. Uh, Christian Lungard came home second in that race. Uh, for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan racing, a really good run for him, and uh, th- that's what I like about the Indy Road Course. Rowdy is, it, you know, it tends to show some surprises. I think, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of mix, you know, kind of changes it up a little bit. Um, I know we were talking a little bit before the show about the top five of the Cup race. Uh, had a lot of interesting names up there that you normally don't see, and uh, you know, um, yeah. Uh, well, Ross Chastain was. Uh, was battling again, Rowdy, but uh, he took a shortcut. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kyle, let's let's play uh, Chandler and let's get Arca pushed out of the way, and we'll move on into trucks with Grant. Listen to Grant. I feel great, honestly. That's what I was telling them halfway through the race. I feel fine, so uh, I'm good for another 200 laps. Let's go do it. <laughs> Not a lot of people been at IRP lately. Still a historic track. You get the first one of the day. What does that mean that here at IRP? Yeah, it's big just to be here, uh, being able to race a car for a living, right? That that alone is a blessing. So to be at a beautiful venue like this, have all these people behind me supporting me, all the fans, uh, it's a blessing. So There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track, Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive and for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 26th and 27th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Well, you got to like their consistency. If they're not cutting the race short, they're cutting the interview short, a 25, 29-second interview with... Uh, the winner of the Arkham Series. So, anyway, we're moving right on to NASCAR Truck Series. And we were talking about it earlier, uh, Kyle. Grant Infinger with a big win to start the playoff system in the uh, Truck Series. I, I, I'm i really proud for Grant. He drove the wheels off that truck. I'm not surprised, like you were saying. Um, I, think, I think prior experience helped take time in that race. And, uh, you know, he was up front, you know, battling up there on the top five most of the night. So, um, I know we talked a little bit about this preseason. I still think he's one of the championship favorites. Um, I think he does make the final four. Um, I think Zane Smith's still very hard to beat um, at this point. Uh, I'm not sure about John Hunter Nemechek at this point. Um, you know, I know it's, you know, another year at KBM, and I know he fell short last year. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's still kind of swinging in the direction of the 38 truck. Um, all the momentum and everything. Um, I know Richmond's up next. I think that's a, that's a night race actually in August, which is kind of is a little weird. But um, yeah, I, I think you know we go to Richmond here in a few weeks. Grant's won there before, so um, I know he's probably looking forward to that one too. So, but uh, yeah, um, you know, um, thanks. You know, I was able to go to the regular season finale at Pocono for the Truck Series. You know, to set the grid for the 2022 playoffs. So. Um, yeah, um, 
like I said, the playoff drivers, did, the cream did rise to the top on Absolutely. Friday night. And, uh, you know, we've seen Grant run up there, and then Bren Rhodes, I think, took tires late, and he finished second. So, uh, yeah, it was a, like I said, it was a pretty good race. Um, you know, I like, I like Lucas Oil Raceway. Um, I've been there before. I enjoy going there. It's a good short track. Good for good to have the trucks back there, and also you know have a doubleheader with the Arkham Menard Series. So uh, a lot of winners. You know, you had guys like John Hunter Nimichek who won in the Arca CRA Super Series there before. Um, just a lot of winners. Guys have won, and girls that have won there before. So um, yeah, um, busy busy weekend. Um, Good win for Grant. Um, like I said, I, I think once that GMS racing team got into the playoffs, they're going to be a threat. And, uh, you know, it's a good team to be with. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know who my final four is right now for the trucks, but I do still like Zane Smith. Um, I still think he's the best out there um, with the way he's been running lately. So um, I know there was a little bit of a run in there, Rowdy. I don't know if you saw it with uh, Zane Smith and John Hernemichek toward the end of that race. They were kind of racing pretty aggressively. So, um, that kind of, you know, was a little bit of a story, but, uh, yeah. other than that, um, you know, it's just a, it's a good truck race and, you know, see the grant win. Um, I know, like I said, a big win for them, you know, his first win in two years. So, um, you know, grand finger, uh, you know, you and I have talked, you know, looking for a ride last year, you know, part-time with Thor sport, you know, running some races with CR seven motorsports as well. And uh, going back full time, the truck series at GMS, it's been a pretty good, you know. And he, and he has Jeff Hensley back too, which is a big thing. So um, definitely, you know, the 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 chemistry is there, and uh, you know, they, I think they're going to probably be strong the rest of the playoffs. So if Grant takes it and wins the uh, truck series, wonder what the thoughts will be over at Thor's Sport. Well, Rowdy, I mean, when you have you know money talks, okay, we all know that. Um, with Christian Eckes last year, you know, him splitting the 98 with Grant. Um, you know, I, I know that Christian won in the race at Vegas probably helped his cause, uh, not so much Grant's cause, but uh, but still Grant getting a good ride at GMS Racing. Um, the same team that he that he won the Arca, the Arca title with in 2015. Right. So um, it's been a, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of good to see him back in a good ride full time. Um, I think that helps him out. I think he's good enough to win the championship. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, like you said, they kind of been flying under the radar a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think now that it's playoff time, I think they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna do good. Um, like we said, Richmond coming up, and then uh, Kansas, another good track. Uh, for guys like Zane Smith, Grinfinger, um, they've run good there. So right. um, that's, that's the round of 10. Um, you know, we have one over with. Now we got Richmond coming up and then Kansas to uh, complete the round. All right, we're going to listen to Grant in Winter Circle here. He's coming.
Do you hear anything, Rowdy? No, I don't, Kyle. I don't. I, I do hear something, but it's. Maybe we need to move on then. I think so. We'll just let. We'll see if it it goes on. But anyway, Kyle, uh, Grant Infinger winning at IRP. Not his first race there. Uh, I just thank everybody that was at that has raced at our had seat time at IRP. Had a pretty decent run there. Yeah, mainly if you have experience there, I mean it's it's going to pay off. Um, I know it's been a while, but um, you know, I mean, look at a guy like Randfinger. I mean, he had had a shot to win the ARCA race there in 2014. Um, something I forget what happened, but um, I know he was leading that race, and something happened to him. And no, like 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 we say, you know, with with Lucas Oil, um, it just seems like that race tends to. Uh, you know, go through a, a lot of changes, you know, with, with pitch strategies, with tires. I know a lot of teams were waiting to uh, use their tires late in that race, so instead of putting them on too early. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, you know, kind of what, what happened. You know, tire work prevailed, and, you know, the guys who had the fresher tires were able to get to the front. So um, that's kind of what happened, and, uh, you know, kind of got, like I said, the restarts kind of jumbled everything up. But, um, yeah. Uh, the 200, the T-Sport 200 at uh, at IRP, um, like I said, definitely good to be back on the schedule. And, you know, I know we still uh, talk about the Indy Road Course, but, uh, yeah, full day of Friday of racing, uh, you know, with uh, with qualifying and practice in the race. I mean, that's a, it's a full day. All right, so we moved to Saturday back at Indianapolis, Kyle, and I honestly like the road course better than Oval. A lot of people, I don't watch it no more because they don't do the Oval. The track's too flat. I don't like the, I don't like the brick. I didn't like the brickyard in the Oval. I liked the road course. I think it fits NASCAR better than the Oval. I, I just think the the road course produces more of a wild card than anything. Um, you know, I mean, you look look at the top five from the race, from the cup race. I mean, you have Tyler Reddick, who, who won his second career cup race. Austin Sindrick, who won the Daytona 500, finished second. Harrison Burton, Todd Gillen, Bubba Wallace. That was the top five. So, um, interesting top five. Um, you know, I'm surprised by the 38 car. That, that really shocked me. Um, you know, front row motorsports running as good as he did. And also for Harrison Burton, you know, career best third. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's kind of why I like about the road course. It kind of kind of mixes things up a little bit. Uh, it doesn't matter what road course you go to. Um, it's, just, it's just, I don't know, it's just a different element. You know, Tyler Reddick's been really good on the road courses, um, whether it's been, you know, you know, been close to winning or winning a pole or a stage. Um, now he has two wins, and that basically, I mean, basically now a lock into the playoffs. So, you know, just a little bit more breathing room for the eight team. And uh, now Tyler Reddick... Um, Will stay. Well, he's going to stay at RCR next year. That's what Richard Childress said in the post race presser. And uh, yeah, um, another win for Tyler Reddick and the eight team. Um, you know, looking really just just kind of going under the radar a little bit. Um, you know, that team could be you know possibly a championship threat um, come Phoenix. So I mean, there's some big races coming up. I know Tyler Reddick's looking forward to Homestead um, and a few others. I mean, you know, the mile and a half and 
I don't know, Roddy. Just something about that eight team just lately. I, I don't know what it is, but they've just been they've been doing really yeah. good. And they won again. They won the pole. They won the race. Um, you know, Tyler Reddick's basically, you know, um, you know the wins are coming now. Well, AJ's not having a bad year either in the, in the uh, Xfinity Series or in the Cup. I mean, he's uh, he's he's brought that car up front, uh, Kyle. And we're, hopefully we got his interview after his win. I won the pole also. I'm going to go ahead and start with post-race media availabilities. We are joined by tonight's winner of the Pennzoil 150 at the Brickyard, A.J. Allmendinger, driver of the number 16 colleague racing Chevrolet. A.J., your third win this season on a road course. How are you feeling? Yeah, I feel, uh, feel pretty good. It's... Uh... Anytime you can win at IMS and kiss those bricks and, you know, be on top of the Pagoda, and I, I don't care if it's cup race, Xfinity race, any car race, IMSA race, I don't know, summer shootout out here. I don't, anytime you win at Indy, it's, it's a big deal, at least for me. It's, this place is special. I, I love this racetrack, and uh, I thought, you know, it's kind of funny because last year I thought we gave the Xfinity race away, and, and um you know, through the grace of God, we, we got an opportunity in the cup race to go win the race. Um, but I felt like, you know, we deserved to come out here and win this race. And we had a, a really good car, uh, bad first pit stop. Uh, but the guys rebounded the last two and, and did a really good job and um, just kind of had to pace myself. We, we had a lot of outright speed. Uh, I knew Bowman was, was decent on the long run, so I pushed pretty hard early there to just try to build a gap so I could kind of pace myself. And, um, and then at the end, just pray for no yellows. Awesome. All right, we will go ahead and start right over there in the red shirt. All right, there we go. Steve Conley, the podium finish. Um, A.J. Allinger Jr. once said that um, you don't know what winning at Indy means. Can you put into words what this racetrack means to you, now a two-time winner here, um, just those emotions, if you explain it to a simple person? Yeah, I mean, I, this, uh, you know, as I said, it, it's, it, no matter what you race here, if you're able to win at this racetrack, it, it's something that will last in your memories for, forever. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day, right? It's great to to do it in the moment and have the accolades and and live it but it's the moments after because i think especially in this business sometimes we get at least i'll 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 say i personally get lost in the fact that it's always what you know tomorrow tomorrow got to be better uh and for the most part it it is it's always going to be like that but this place you know when i'm able to drive in and see my picture from last year and we are able to go kiss the bricks again and share those memories you know, Indianapolis is the place that I met my wife um, nine years ago at the Indy 500. So, or actually technically at the Wild Beaver as she was walking down the road. But anyway, that's a different story. She, she hates when I say that. Uh, technically, I was at the Wild Beaver. She was just kind of walking past. But anyway, um, but yeah, you know, to, to meet my wife here and, and you know, it's, because of Matt Collig and Chris Rice and, and all the hard work of the men and women, but especially Matt and Chris for initially giving me that call in 2019 when I was thought I was moving to the next step of my life of, of TV with NBC to just do a few races. You know, at that point in my life, I had 
three NASCAR wins. And I hadn't really sniffed a, a, you know, we had a couple of good runs, but really come close to truly winning a race, except maybe Martinsville for the four years after I won my last NASCAR race. And it was something that two weeks ago we had a bad race, and I was mad. Sunday I'm walking around my house, pissed off, and I walked up into my trophy room, and my wife said, like, after the first two wins, like, hey, we're going to need new trophy cases. And I was like, no, don't worry about it. Like, we don't. I got, like, 12 trophies sitting on the ground. One of them's a brickyard trophy. And so all this, I've been so fortunate in my life to have won a Rolex with Mike Shank, to have won champ car races, to have won a couple of cup races. But, you know, it's, if I would have ended in 2018, I would have thought, okay, this is, you know, of course, I, I wish I could have made a little more of it, but heck, I've won in a lot of different different race cars, but now, like, I've gotten to win a lot of races in the last couple of years, and two of them are here, and those are the most special races that I could possibly have. So, can you put it into words? Not really, but am I cherishing all this time? Because, as I said, I left in, at the end of 2018 thinking I was, you know, I'd won a couple of races in NASCAR, great, I'd just be this really small dot and now I have a picture hanging outside the racetrack like it's pretty badass and I'm so fortunate for it all right we'll go up here and then to Bob Bruce Martin with Speed Sport you're always supposed to look ahead but today at 9 a.m. you actually got a chance to look at the history <laughs> of this place you're out there at the yard of bricks posing with the greatest names in the history of this facility, you know, all the guys that were out there to just sometimes just ask yourself, what am I doing with these guys? Because it was, it was pretty, all the living winners that have won here with the exception of Tony Kanaan were out there today. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, truthful answer, Bruce, like, I didn't feel like I belonged out there. Like that, uh, it's, you know, I'm standing next to, to Jimmy and I'm standing uh, next to Rick Mears and, and A.J. Foyt's there. I got to, you know, that's who I'm named after. I get to take my picture with A.J. Foyt. Um, you know, Ari Leindyke. I mean, it's, you go on down the line, right? Like, he, I'm Mario standing there. Like, I, in a way, I, I, I said to Carly, I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, I, I don't, like, this is, I don't know if I should be standing here. Like, did, did Doug make a mistake? It was like, hey, oh, wrong A.J. Sorry, I didn't mean to get both of them here. Like, that's the coolest picture I'm ever going to have in my life. And I got to be there because of something I accomplished, not just because I snuck in on the photo. So, like, it's, it's awesome. I, I don't even know what to say to it. I really didn't feel like I belonged there. It, it, was, it was pretty magical. And I walked away and, and said to them, I was like, this is, this is unbelievable. I, don't, I, I just feel like I shouldn't be here, but I get to be here because of something we did. So, yeah, that's, it's pretty special to be a part of that. Yeah, I, and I agree, and, you know, this is, those are legends, icons of motorsports, not of just this place, right? But, I mean, in general, they're, they're icons of, of motorsports. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, there's 12 Indy 500 standing there. Literally, there's just 12, 12 Indy 500 just standing right there between Elio and, and AJ and Rick. So, and numerous brickyards and all that, so 
yeah, I, that'll be the coolest, coolest photo that I have in my life. All right, we'll go over to Bob. Bob Pockers, Fox Sports, and probably on a photo that won't rank as high, Chris Rice picking you yeah, up. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm curious, what are you thinking when he, it's part of your celebration that he's picking you up, and are you like, please don't drop me? Because well, Chris has been working out a lot lately, you know, so he likes to, he, he, he sends his videos out every day to, to Twitter about him working. Do you get those videos, Bob? Do they inspire you? Do you go work out as soon as you see? No. Uh, so, <laughs> so Chris has been working out. His wife, Tammy, was there. He wanted to impress her. And, um, you know, I guess picking me up, which, you know, I, I can bench, bench press myself too. Like, it's not, like, I don't weigh that much. So I don't, I didn't, uh, I think he was feeling pretty strong there. But it's Chris, and we love him. So there's going to be a lot of photos on Twitter and probably memes and just stuff that I'm going to have to deal with. But at least it's for a good reason, so I'll accept it. All right, we'll go to the back and then to Jerry Jordan. Uh, Tucker White, last sport on sports. Uh, uh, back here, AJ. Right. Yeah, sorry, I was looking at the results. So go, I, I got you. I, I'm <laughs> well, those are more important anyway. Yeah. No, but. I got I, I got your question. All right, uh, AJ. So going into this race weekend, we replaced the. Uh, bumps that we had last season and tore up a bunch of cars uh, with concrete ones. Uh, how did those uh, race compared to uh, last season? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think what, what Roger and Doug did, you know, last year I, I had my own opinions about when you're in a really low race car and you hit a giant curb, what it's going to do to your race car. Um, so I tried to avoid them and felt like I avoided them pretty well. So, uh, you know, but with these big cars, you get side-by-side, side and, and you make a mistake, and you pay a big price. What they did with the curb on the left side being gone, you still aren't gaining advantage because the only way to shortcut it would be actually drive through the grass. So with that out, it hasn't changed the racetrack, but it's definitely allowed you to not have to bounce off one curb and go to the other. And then that second curb, I feel like, I don't know if it's actually lower, but it feels a little bit lower. Um, but it didn't take away from the way the actual turn the chicane of the racetrack was so you you know i don't think lap times are faster because of it or anything like that so um they've done a great job for an issue that you know for one one reason or another happened and they fixed it and it was good uh and on a uh less serious uh note uh when you were coming in here one of the ladies at the front desk said uh you remember what i promised you this morning uh so uh what what did she, she uh, promise you? Well, she morning. promised me that if I if I showed up and what, what and and we got oh and we got oh that's right we got gifts too I forgot about that um, that you know she was bringing good luck so she did <laughs> so I appreciate it all I'll right take, thank I'll you. take luck over skill any day I don't have a lot of skill but I'll take luck all day all right let's go to Jerry Jordan Jerry Jordan kickstarters.net okay. So how long do you celebrate before you get ready to try and uh, repeat tomorrow? Um, celebrate with a lot of water. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I think now where I'm at, I feel like I'm a lot better at, at taking it in. And, and, you know, I mean, honestly, 10, 15 years ago, I'd, we'd walk out here and be like, oh, cool. And I'd, I'd already switched off to, to tomorrow. We struggled today in the cup car. 
quite honestly. It's almost a carbon copy of last year in the fact that I thought our Xfinity car was badass, and we practiced and qualified in the cup car, and I just didn't feel very good about it. So hopefully that's a good sign, but we have some work to do on that side of it. Um, but, yeah, we'll celebrate and, and have a good time tonight and, and take it all in, and we'll be ready to go when we wake up tomorrow. And if you win tomorrow, it won't be water, right? No, if you win, if I, if something happens where I win tomorrow, you guys just bury my body on the speedway. Like, I'm done. Like, it's, it's it. All right, we'll go right up here. Uh, Steven Stump of ProTrustScott.com. Um, AJ, by winning today, you have now won in the Xfinity Series at every active road course except for Watkins Glen. How would it feel to win there and win at all of them? Yeah, I, I didn't actually know that. So it's, uh, it'd be really cool. Watkins Glen is a racetrack that, that I've always enjoyed. Obviously, special memories there, winning my first cup race. Uh, it's a racetrack last year I thought we made big gains on, but uh, quite honestly, I'll worry about that when I get there. We're, we're going to take this one in. All right, we're going to go to Dustin Long and then right over here. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. AJ, I want to say you've won like four of the last five road course races, and I think somebody noted, I think it's nine of 22 in this series. Um, obviously, people talk about the different talent that is in this series. I know today you were racing against more cup guys, but yet you still have the success. So what is the, what, how has the challenge changed for you, or is this, a sign of you at this age getting better and better like a, a fine wine type of thing yeah i'm definitely a fine wine so i don't drink wine really but whatever the finest wine is that's what i'm trying to get to um no i mean I, I do on that side of it i do believe i'm at the best that i've ever been in in the nascar side of it um whether it's you know kind of letting it go after a bad weekend and refocusing and trying to get better it's the pride that I take in being a part of college racing and hopefully a, a major part of it, if you talk to Matt and Chris, of trying to make our stuff better, better whether it's the Cup car or the Xfinity car. Um, you know, that's the fun thing about the Xfinity series. You're always going to have guys that, that drop down from the Cup series, and especially these big races, and you're going to have to step your game up. And then you're always going to have young guys that are coming in the series that uh, are trying to make a name for themselves. And, and that's a, a good part of it. But, you know, if you look at college racing, you know, when – Really, when I first got there, there was no wins, and it started with Ross and, and Justin, and, and we've continued to make it better. But by no means do I feel like we're at the pinnacle of, of our team. You know, I, I talked about it yesterday. I feel like Gibbs is, I mean, they've, they've been the pinnacle between them and Penske in, in the Xfinity Series. They've been the pinnacle for, you know, a couple decades, it feels like. Uh, JRM has really stepped their game up. I think Hendricks helped them out with the, the cup stuff the old cars being gone and giving them some of the, the info that they had. Uh, so, you know, that's why I don't take it for granted because, it, you know, you look at Road America a couple weeks ago, I mean, we were terrible. Like, I was hanging on to run top ten. So it's not easy, and it's one of those things that, that we continually try to push to get better. This is – I was proud of our, our whole team this weekend because we've been behind, and, and we came in here, and we – could have easily kind of just said, okay, we were pretty good last year. We don't want to try something that doesn't make it better. Well, we did, and I felt like, you know, what did we lead? We led 42 laps, and, and we were the dominant car. And, you know, Coda, because of what happened, we've led a lot of laps. 
and Portland by no means were we dominant cars. We were kind of war of attrition and, and won. So I feel like this is the first race this year where we've actually been the fastest car continuously and, and won the race. So, yeah, it's a challenge, and, and I enjoy the the fact that we got to keep pushing, and, and I don't think we're like feel like we're the best team. we got to keep working to get to that point. And, you know, I know that you have repeatedly talked about, and in terms of Cup, you'll do whatever Matt wants in, in that sense. Um, it it kind of reminds me maybe, of, it kind of makes me think of somebody like a Randy LaJoy, who was so good in the Bush series, and everybody said, hey, go to Cup, but he said, I, I, I want to have my Sundays off. I, I want to be have the success on Saturdays. Can you explain the mindset of, it would, it would outside looking in, it seems like with the success you have, you should be like at the front of the line or telling Matt, I'm going to be in that car. I'm going to run all these races. I'm in a better place in my life. I know how to handle ups and downs. Maybe you are, and you can tell me that, or why is the mindset a little, seems to be a little different in, in your case of maybe not being as aggressive and maybe being willing to have the success here as opposed yeah. to maybe moving up? I mean, I, I feel like I'm at a point where, you know, if we, when the cup car's right, I, and I don't care what racetrack it's at, I can go run inside the top 10, top five, win races. But it's hard, right? Like the Cup Series is hard. These new cars are hard. I mean, we left Coda. I thought we were going to be a dominant car at all these road courses, and, and other guys have gotten better, and we've, we've missed it. And today was a perfect example. I really felt like we were going to be pretty good, and, and we struggled all day. So there's always that mindset that I feel like I can go compete with, it, with all of them and, and at least make us better. But with that said, I love doing this too. So... It kind of goes back to that, you know, everything's a bonus now in my life since since I've joined college racing, and that's why I think I'm okay with whatever decision. Uh, I have confidence in myself, and, I, and I'm locked in more than I ever have because, as you said, you know, my generally my life is, is great. So it's about racing when I'm racing, and then when I'm not racing, it's about just mostly golfing, probably if you ask my wife, way too much golfing. Um, so I have a great answer for you. In, in what it is, I, I just think I, I trust what they want, and I'm just happy to be a part of it, and whatever happens, happens, and, and I'm okay with it. Thank you. All right, we'll go right over here. Thank you. Uh, AJ, Appeal Racing Refresh. I believe I'm the only person in the room who knows what it's like to uh, feel like they don't belong with another AJ in the same room. Yeah. Uh, so I know what you're saying. Uh, so uh, you mentioned Champ Car, uh, Rolex, uh, the, these various successes, but you've also had considerable lows in your career. Um, your energy reminds me of a Michael Waltrip or a John Force at all times. Uh, and, and I'm not saying you've never been low on energy, but you never show that to us. Uh, what is it that keeps that energy high through wonderful moments like today or other lows in your career? And it's just roller coaster high all the time. Thank well, you. I mean, I think it's, you know, any of you that have been around me, you, you, I wear my emotion on my sleeve, good or bad. You know, if, it, if you'd have stood at, next to me after cup qualifying, it was quite ugly. Like, I was, my in-car's got some good stuff. Whether I'm in the car or outside it, like, I'm losing my mind. So it, it's because I care. I've always told Matt and Chris, like, uh, sometimes I'm sorry, but I'm always going to be, like, that, that aggressive, if we're not good, I'm going to... And I always make sure it's we, 
because it's not I'm great and you guys suck. You know, it's we. We suck or we're great or whatever because we're a team and that's what it's all about. But I've always said the moment I get out of the race car and I run 20th and I'm like, nah, that's fun today. That's fine. I, I got a paycheck. I'm like, kick me out of the car because then I'm done. I don't care. I don't think it'll ever happen because if you watch me in a golf course, I think I'm trying to join the PGA Tour. So, like, <laughs> but that's just who I am. But the emotion of my winning, it's like this is what we're here for, especially here, right? Like, this is, it's indie. Why would you win and just get out of the car and a little thumbs up and yay and high five everybody and then you're done? Like, it's not what we do this for. We do this for trophies. That's why Matt has the, the, the slogan, trophy hunting. And you go a lot of years without even sniffing trophies, like, that'll get you pretty pumped up every time you get one. So it's never going to change. Like, I take, this could be my last one ever. God, I hope not. But you never know. So celebrate it like it is and enjoy, enjoy the moments. And I think that, that's the one thing I'm better at now is actually enjoying the moment through winning and, and having fun with it and not just going, ah, oh, let's go to the next race. Like, you know, we'll celebrate it, especially at a place like this. Thank you. Do we have any other questions for AJ? All right. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive and for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 26th and 27th. Get your tickets now at Daytona International. With our press conference here for our Bush Light Pole Award winner, Tyler Reddick, driver of the number eight uh, Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing. Um, Tyler, before we get started with media questions, why don't you just uh, walk us through your fast lap out there? Well, uh, it certainly seemed like a, a pretty good lap, um, but, but definitely not a pole lap. So uh, certainly, right right away we we were we were hustling to cool the car down and cool the brakes down uh, so we could rerun. But but it ended up being a good enough lap. It it, it stood up against the nine other competitors. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely had a little bit of concern missing it a little bit in turn four and um, just a little bit in the braking zone. So I was glad it was a good enough lap. Um, certainly, you always try and run the perfect lap and uh, didn't didn't quite do that. But it was good enough to win the pole. All right, do we have any media present that have any questions for Tyler? We'll go down here in the front. Hi, Tyler. Uh, so you're coming off your first uh, NASCAR victory in, or Cup, Cup Series victory at Road America, and now you sat on the pole here at Indianapolis. How much confidence does that give you, knowing that you've won at a road course, you've won in a road course in this car, and you're sitting on the pole for Indianapolis. How much confidence does that give you going into uh, tomorrow's race? It's certainly a little bit more confidence for sure. Um, you know, a lot of the confidence that, that myself and my whole team has comes from the work we put in. So the confidence we, we had and displayed today, um, you know, comes a lot more from that. But certainly it's good to know that we're doing the right things and we're on the right track. So we'll see how tomorrow goes. We're going to have a really good pit stall selection uh, and, you know, have that opportunity at the start of the green flag uh, to control kind of the race. So hopefully we're able to do that and we can keep it up front all day. Thank you. Anything else for Tyler? 
All right, Tyler, we're letting you off easy today. Congratulations right. on winning the poll. Thank you. Boy, he, uh, they rolled that car off the truck fast, Kyle. I mean, it was fast. They were fast all weekend, and it doesn't really surprise me that Tyler Reddick's won a second race. Uh, like I said, been going the road courses, and, uh, you know, um, basically solidifies their playoff standing with that second win. So uh, good good looks good for Richard Childress Racing uh, to have Tyler Reddick be a playoff driver and be in contention to win the title. Um, I don't think RCR's really been in the playoff hunt big time in a while, at least back to Kevin Harvick. So, uh, yeah, um, Tyler Reddick's looking really good. And, um, you know, I have some good tracks coming up, too. You know, uh, I know he's going to road courses. I know Watkins Glen's coming up in a few weeks. And, you know, it'll be nice this year that they won't have to worry about, uh, you know, be on the, be on the playoff uh, be on the playoff bubble. They can just, you know, go under there, get ready for the playoffs, and uh, go chase that title. On the second half of the season, Kyle, and, and the new car, do you see better racing when they're at the track twice? I don't know. Um not sure because I, I know Richmond will be coming up here. Um, that'll be the second time we've been there this year. And then, uh, you know, we got Michigan and Watkins Glen, Daytona uh, to wrap out, wrap up the, the cup playoffs. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, not a lot of spots left. We've had 14 different winners this year. You know, we could still get two winners here in the next four weeks. So, uh, yeah, um, really, really coming down to a crucial time, you know, uh, Daytona's coming soon, and, uh, you know, uh, we already have the truck playoffs in swing, and then I know we'll have the Xfinity playoffs here in a, in a little bit. So, yeah, um, good to see, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of wrapping up the regular season here, and we're getting ready for playoff time. Well, we got lucky enough to have Tyler Reddick, so we're going to listen to Tyler. We'll go ahead and get started with our race-winning press conference. We're joined by Tyler Reddick, driver of the number 8-3 Cheese Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing. Uh, Tyler, you got your um, second victory of the 2022 season, second win on a road course too. How does it feel? And in Indy, how does it feel? It feels pretty dang special, I'm not going to lie. Well, the last guy that was up here was about as short as me. That's good. Um, yeah, it's pretty special. Oh, that was your boss. Oh, it was my boss? Oh, well, wow. He's a little bit taller than me, but who knows. Um, yeah, it was very special. I'm not going to lie. I've uh, I've watched a lot of racing at this this venue uh, as a kid growing up. A lot of really incredible drivers have, have won at this racetrack, and it's really, really cool to be a part of the group of drivers that have won here. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy about it, and hopefully I'll be racing here again next year. And Well, I mean, I, I should be, I guess. You know, I should be racing here next year, but hopefully winning again next year. And um, I'm excited to race here and some other things, too. I'd love to do that. Okay, we'll go ahead and open up to questions. We'll start here in the front with Bruce, and then we'll work our way around the room. Bruce Martin with Speed Sport. First question, you got a great restart at the end. Was that just a matter of your timing, or was it uh, A.J. was starting to fade a little bit physically uh, and needed some help afterwards from the heat? His cool suit quit working. But if you could just describe the restart and the key that that was to, to your victory. Oh, every restart, once we had some cautions, they were very important. Um, it was, I'm not going to lie, I, I didn't 
I saw drivers like Austin Sindrick and a few others at the end of practice um, do some monk restarts. And, you know, I just, as the race progressed, you know, I thought I had found the limit on, on the restart braking zone. It's much different than what the normal braking zone is on a, on a green flag lap. So thankfully I never overexerted and it went past that mark. But, uh, you know, we had pretty good brakes on our car all day long. Uh, could be pretty aggressive on that front and uh, was able to, you know, defend because of the good brakes that we had on our car and, and then also kind of be aggressive with the car that we were racing in the front row beside me. Were you getting a little bit of a push from behind by Blaney? Yeah, I got a good push on that last restart by Blaney. You know, I kind of, I don't blame him. He was uh, really trying to do a good job of timing the restart to get a good run on me and then maybe be able to defend what was happening behind him as well. So um, because of that, the second last restart, Chase and AJ got a really good launch because they were committed to pushing. Um, and it got Chase kind of in front of me going into turn one. So I had to really, really nail it on that braking zone. And then unfortunately, you know, he kind of got it turned around and, and the rest was history from there. But um, thankfully on that last restart, he gave me a good push. I was able to kind of fade to the inside. He was uh, getting put in an interesting position by Daniel Suarez. And I, I saw that in, in, in my rear view and I kind of faded to the bottom with them. So we kind of stay together and push. Uh, it worked out really well. And then what was your reaction when all of a sudden Chastain goes blowing through turn one, and the next thing you know, he's right next to you. <laughs> it didn't seem like real life. I was like, uh, what? I was waiting to see what was going to happen with that situation because, you know, I had, I think I had Jim Pullman say, hey, you know, he's probably going to get penalized. Well, damn it, Jim, like, <laughs> Star Trek reference right there. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get penalized isn't good enough. Like, I need to know if, you know, they, I didn't know for sure if he was or wasn't. So, um, yeah, I just I was trying to race him as hard as I could, but I saw Austin Cedric was right there. And if, if you get battling side by side in, in, in certain sections of this racetrack, you can really hurt lap time on, bo on both drivers and allow third place to catch up. So it was kind of a complex situation for a couple seconds there, but thankfully I was able to get momentum on Ross in a, in a pretty convenient spot and make the pass for the lead and then check out from there. Can we go back here in the corner? Tom McCabe, AP Broadcast. Surviving two restarts as you did uh, is pretty pretty darn impressive. Just your thoughts on being able to accomplish that. Hmm. You know, when I was at Road America, it was a pretty straightforward kind of old school race. You know, well, you know, we never used to have stages, but I mean, if it wasn't for the stages, we wouldn't have had a lot of cautions at Road America, and there was the only two cautions we had, so the race kind of played out naturally. And because of that, it kind of became a race just between me and Chase. And, um, you know, as the race was unfolding there, you know, Chase got back to second place, and I was kind of curious the pace he was going to run. Right before that caution came out, you know, he was running about a tenth or two faster, so I was like, it's like Road America again, I'm going to have to push really, really hard and, and hope I don't make a mistake. And we didn't. We ran a really fast lap. I think we are about five tenths faster than he was, and I was like, okay, well, we're in good shape. And then the caution came out, and I was like, well, you know, I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was prepared for it, but, you know, I didn't anticipate it. And um, I had to be perfect on my restart. You know, I kind of had to make sure that I was a little bit aggressive at blocking uh, drivers to the far right going into turn one because it seemed like that would work out in the first couple of rows uh, for those drivers making that move. But thankfully I did, um, and, you know, was pretty good in the braking zone to hold them off too. Come up front, and then we'll go to Jerry and Lee. Dustin. 
Hi, Tyler. Rob Peters with the Indianapolis Star. Uh, this is this was the first uh, race where the next gen car raced at this racetrack. Comparatively to other the other road course races, they all have you know decent elevation changes. This place is completely flat. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you knew, but there was a lot of cars just spinning off, going all over the place. Uh, it, there were only uh, full course cautions in the last stage, but throughout the first two, there was a lot of cars going all over the place. Having driven last year's car and then this year's car at this racetrack, what are the, some of the big differences? Like, is this car more difficult to drive or is it harder on parts or, or what do you think uh, about this car? Well, certainly with this car, the edge is, is, is much sharper. It's like a cliff. With the old car, it was, it was a bit more, more rounded. You know, you could get up to that edge and slide past it and bring it back. I think with this car, um, if you can harness the, the, if you can focus enough, you can get to that edge and, and, main, and, and not crash past it, but it certainly is happening much quicker than it was with the old car for a number of reasons, whether it's the, the physical body on the car, how it's shaped, the plus quarter panel, how the diffuser works, and then you know the sidewall of the tires being different too really plays a role in that. So I just think you know with a flat track like this and how this car gets, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't in dirty air for many many um, many laps today, but but certainly it was a pretty big difference um, whether you're in cleaner or dirty air. So I'm kind of glad that we were a little bit on the loose side uh, out in front by ourselves because it allowed us to work dirtier pretty well. So these cars are really edgy and it's easy. It's very easy once you get past that limit that you just end up blowing past it and spinning out. I mean, I was pretty loose by myself and I was pretty tight and dirty air. So it was a little bit surprising. Come up front to Jerry. Jerry Jordan kicking the tires.net. So this is the first race since the announcement that you're going to Toyota and, uh, you know, in 2024, did you feel more compelled? We know you're not going that you won. Oh, well, that won. That you yeah. won. Or yeah. no, I guess it'd be the third, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just what did you won. Sorry, I left out a word. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you feel extra com compelled to show Richard you're not laying down? Because, I mean, you haven't laid down those two races before here, but does that give you some, hey, I'm here for you guys to, to bring home checker flags? I mean, uh, ever. I mean, nothing had really changed from the announcement other than, you know, knowing where I'm going to be in the next, you know, year and a half. My commitment level, if, if anything, probably is a little bit higher. But, I mean, we're not talking like it's a significant amount higher. Um, I, just, I just know that we've, we've had time to continue to work on our cars and make them better and, and, and grow as a team and go the right direction. And now it's like, all right, we have a hard – you know, we have like a hard stop. This is the end of the road that we have together. And, and for me, that puts, I think, a good amount of pressure on me to just keep finding more because we're always trying to bring the best that we can to the racetrack. But when we know that the end is, well, I mean, it's not really close, but I mean, it's, it's, we know when it's going to be. We got to take advantage of every single moment possible. And I hope, I, I feel like at least for me, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. It really makes me push hard. And I think it's making the team push hard. We're all really really working really hard together to give it every every last ounce that we have out there and, and win as many races as we can. He uh, he said when I asked a similar question to him, he said that you know, he went and talked to the, to the crew of the team and said he's committed. And, you know, then he followed up later uh, with someone else's question saying that you're there next year. And, you know, obviously y'all are chasing championships. Yeah, no, that's, that's what we're going to try and do. I mean, 
it, it's really nice. We won two races this year. Um, we got we got some good playoff points in our in our back pocket, but you know we would like to win other tracks other than road courses. But you know we'll we'll, we'll win where we can for now. We've we've certainly had potential to win it, it, in a number of places, in a number of different places. So we'll just keep working really hard and. And hopefully in, in the coming weeks we can win some more races, get some more playoff points, and put our team, you know, point-speaking and, and mentally, confidence-wise, in a really good place going into the playoffs. Okay, let's go over here to Lee, and then Dustin, and then we'll come in the middle. Two questions. First of all, what did it feel like to see Bo run across the yard of bricks to <laughs> see his daddy? I'm really glad he was awake. I knew he was going to be awake. This time around, because he, we uh, we had we had hung out with some three chief folks still, I mean a, a little late, not like crazy late. Like we we called it quits at like 10:30. We had some fun hanging out, eating tacos. Uh, we you know this is their home home track, if you will. You know their 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 headquarters are pretty close to here, so a lot of people that work here are really really close to this area. So it was fun hanging out with them last night and getting to spend time with everybody. So. Um, I knew we kind of had a, a late night, so I knew he was going to wake up a little bit late. So I knew that he wasn't going to get tired around this time, so I knew he was going to be awake this time around. So thankfully, he was awake, and he was running across the track and into my arms. I was really pumped about that. And then how much confidence do you think the Road America win gave you? Because to get two wins in a, in a month, I mean, you know, let alone get your first win, but then to, get the, to have the second one come within a month, I mean, that's, that's pretty sporty. I mean, it's almost like the you know, the floodgates have kind of opened and things are clicking. They definitely are clicking. I mean, if I'm honest, though, I mean, when you look back at the Charlotte Roval last year, we had a great opportunity there. We missed out on it. Coda, we were like, we were like, all right, here we go. And then it just poured all day on Sunday. And we were like, we, we didn't know what to do about that, right? That really threw us for a curveball. So these road courses have been our strong suit for a while now, and we just continue to harness and make our cars better. I mean, gosh, we've 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 really been good at a lot of places. I just even even Loudon, you know, that's probably the worst run we've had in a while. And I mean, Loudon, we were we're a great car, but we were just making little mistakes on pit road. Or I and and on pit road, I mean, I was like sliding through my box, trying too hard, and we kept losing like five, six, seven spots because of my mistakes. And I mean, really, we're really doing a good job right now. We're clicking. I think we can even on tough days finish finished eighth or ninth in the top ten. So I mean that that tells you that that tells me that we're doing a lot of the right things and we're in a good place. Come up here to Dustin. Then we'll go to the middle and over to Jordan. Dustin Long, NBC Sports, a couple questions. And I'm I'm curious, Tyler, I know you guys have talked about, you know, getting through the announcement for the last few weeks. And I'm I'm curious do you feel like you have to prove anything to anybody beyond just proving, you know, being a good race car driver or so forth? Has, has the last three weeks changed anything from that perception or, or feelings on your behalf? Because certainly it's kind of been a seismic thing that's happened within the team and the organization. I don't think that's really necessarily a, a, a matter of proving things. It's a matter of this is this is the time we have left and uh, like I kind of said earlier we we've been working hard to build to being a you know a race winning team uh, whether whether it's a short tracks mile and a half road course whatever it be it seems like road courses have come our way faster than the other places so for me I just look at the time that we have left 
and I know that I, I mean, I always give it my all, but, but certainly knowing that this is when, you know, this is the end, this is when the end of the road is going to be. I need to do everything I can to win as many races as possible for this group because, you know, I, I wouldn't be the road course racer I am today if it wasn't for RCR, if it wasn't for the people on my team, if it wasn't for Chevrolet. So I, I owe it to them. I owe it to my team. I owe it to the people that, that really have helped me to, to get that done and, and go out there and deliver for them. So certainly, if anything, it's helped. You know, I just just like just like when Alexa told me, you know, hey, if you win the championship, you can name our son. Like, there's not always times when I think I need an extra an extra motivator uh, because I don't know if it's possible or if it's out there. But when I get them, I take it and run with it. So for this situation, knowing when my last day will be with RCR, um, if anything, it's probably motivated me more than I thought was possible bef before. Uh, you know, all this went in motion. And also, I'm curious, this is the second year in a row that at the end of the race, a car has cut a corner. This situation was different than last year's, but again, could have had a potential for a situation where the you know presumptive winner gets knocked out and somebody else wins the race. How do you address this situation? Is it, is it something like if you blow the corner, it, it maybe should be just an automatic stop and go, or how do you look at it as a competitor? Or are you more comfortable with officials having, to some degree, maybe a little bit of discretion to examine the situation? Is it, does it need to be a hard and fast, or are you more comfortable with, you know, maybe a little bit more discretion on, on officials examining something like that? Because it's, it, it, like, you could have been wiped out, and we could be talking to somebody else after you got wiped out by somebody who was penalized. Well, I, I certainly like to have this conversation first with NASCAR, then with the media, but, you know, I think looking at how today went and how some of our racetracks that we've had, you know, the potential trade-offs for cutoffs or, or, you know, blowing through a chicane or whatever it is like Charlotte Roval, you know, and, and, and what the penalty is or what, what you have to do is hopefully we can learn from this situation and try to make the cut through a little bit slower so the driver doesn't have as much of a time gained, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at Ross SMT, but it looked like he pretty much decided that that was the route he was going to go. But I mean, but the ruling by NASCAR is that they don't gain a, a huge advantage or whatever the term might be. You know, it's, it's acceptable. But in their eyes, he gained too much of an advantage, and it, and it cost him a, a you know a really solid finish inside the top ten. You know, it it's kind of open for you know uh, discussion, open for interpretation, right? So. Hopefully, going forward, especially when we come back to here with this track and, and how that chicane is, or the cut through is kind of designed, we can make it to where it's a little bit slower to where no matter if you hit it absolutely perfect, it's, it's costing you at least two, three, four seconds to where this situation doesn't happen again. Because I don't blame Ross for making that move because as a competitor, you know, looking at how the, how the rules were set forth, you know, if I'm, in, if I'm in this situation, I want to do everything I can to win the race. So I don't blame him for trying to take advantage of it. It's a shame that it went the way that it did. One team had mentioned to me that they felt like you really wouldn't lose a whole lot if you, if you kind of went through there. They kind of examined it. As part of the pre-race studying that you've done, is that what you guys and, and notice is like, look, if we have to go through this, we're in not as bad a shape, and we can come yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, certainly, amount of cars are getting wrecked in one and two. I mean, the risk is way higher to 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 go 
through one and two normally than taking, you know, the the cut through. So, I again, I don't blame him for doing it. But again, you know, it's the rules that were set forth for the race, and somebody was able to somewhat take advantage of it. So, hopefully, we can all learn from it and make it better. Certainly, NASCAR doesn't want it to be the way that it was, where they had to make a decision and, and penalize him for what he did. Okay, let's go right here in the middle. Then we'll go Jordan, and then over here in the back. Dale McFadden, FrenchRich.com. Two questions. Tyler, first, when did when did Ross like enter your field of vision? Like right in the middle of turn. Like, like I think it's like at the apex of turn three. I was like kind of cornering, and I heard Derek come on the radio in my ear. It's like, uh, don't mind the one. He's you know doing whatever he is. He's probably said some other not so nice words, but I mean he's moment right. So I look over. And I'm like, oh. Oh no! Yeah, I can say other words, but oh no, <laughs> there's Ross. Like, what do I do? And he got my right rear really nice. And as much as I wanted to go through the chicane side by side with him, I'm like, if I screw up and and fly my right side tires over the over the inside curb, I could get a penalty. If you know, I, I don't know if I'm racing him. I don't know if I'm not. So it put me in an interesting spot. I wanted to pass him, but I also didn't want to penalize myself and trying to get around him. And it was just a it's kind of a weird situation, you know. I he was the the way he was behaving in the car, driving it. I didn't know if he was trying to motion me by, and then I thought he was, and then again in the corner, I realized, oh no, he's not. It was just a very weird situation. And then with Austin Cedric, as close as he was, it just made the whole situation that much more dynamic. I mean, I was trying to figure out how hard do I race Ross, and like, do I race him so hard that allow the two to get close to us, and and just trying to weigh all those things because. If I wasn't racing Ross, he could he could run in front of me all day long as long as I kept Boston behind me. But if I was racing Ross, I had to get around him, and I just needed to weigh those things in my head. How hard do I race him? Well, we got to talk before the announcement was made. Um, but we really didn't get, we haven't really spoke much until today uh, since the announcement was made. So thankfully the wind smoothed some things over, uh, I think. You know, I, I've told him that as long as I'm racing here, I'm going to do everything I can to win races for this team. And, and I would love to win a championship or two with, with this team. I'm going to be more committed. As, I feel like the older I get, right, the smarter you get, the more the more you, you find ways to work really hard. And I'm, I'm just going to work as hard as I can for this team because there's a lot of great people on this team. A lot of great people at ECR, and a lot of great people that, not just on my car, but at, at the shop at RCR that work really, really hard on these cars, and they've they've helped me come so far as a driver. I'm just going to give them everything I got. Let's go back here to Jordan, and then. Chase, are you enjoying that food back there? <laughs> <laughs> Chef's kiss. Which one do you get? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry, who's next? Go ahead, Jordan. Hey, I can't hear you that well. Turn it on or scream. Yell. Jordan, you can yell. Yeah. Um.
Yeah, yeah, no, we I got to talk to to the team before announcement was made and um, you know, certainly it was tough, you know. I don't I don't think everyone was expecting it uh, or or many were expecting it, but but again, it was the situation we were dealt. I just wanted them to know that I was going to continue to be committed to them and that I was going to work harder than than ever before or or work as hard as I have been because the the things that, you know, Brian Bottomley, who's on my pit crew, he does a lot of the brake stuff on my car. There's, there's a lot of people that do a lot of different things, not just pitting the car, and just all the different people um, that, that sometimes come on the road or sometimes don't to stay at home. Like, they've done a lot to help me get better as a driver, and I'm, I, I, I just wanted to let them know that, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to win as many races with you guys. You know, I'm looking at this as like, I don't have, I don't have all the time in the world to, to to figure out how to be a better driver. I need to be better now so we can go out and win as many races as possible together. And then the second thing is you, you said you and Richard really haven't spoken much and, you know, winning hopefully kind of secure all, I guess. Wondering if you guys had a, any opportunity to kind of speak in victory lane or anything since then. I mean, yeah, we got to shoot the, you know, the whatever they call it and uh, get some bricks, drink some champagne, do you say some of his champagne, drink some beers. And do you say anything to you? Do you say anything to him? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad to add to his brickyard collection of rings and wins. You know, he's already had a couple of them before me, and I'm glad to to help add to that. I want to add to everything I can possible with him before you know my time is up. Did, did it feel normal? Like it just like there's yeah. no okay. Yeah, winning helps. Look right here in the back. Tyler, you mentioned um, at the start of the press conference that you've grown up watching a lot of great drivers win here at this track. Um, I'm curious to know if winning on the road course today um, felt any different than you might expect it uh, might have been growing up, assuming that if you were going to win here during a cup career until a couple years ago, that that would have been on the oval. I mean, I, I, I had a great opportunity to, to, I had a great opportunity in front of me to potentially win here in Xfinity car. It just didn't work out. You know, I ran second to my teammate Justin Algar, and then the following year, uh, me and Randall brought up. I mean, a bullet of a race car. I remember it perfectly. It was Anderson's maple syrup, number two. It was fast. It was, it was a rocket ship. But me and Christopher Bell, like, 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 like we did most weekends, we were racing really, really hard. But unfortunately, this one, we collected each other, and we just, I mean, destroyed our race cars. It was actually my homestead car. It totaled it. And um, that was a tough one to swallow because we had a good car to win there and totaled my, my homestead car. And... Uh, Side story, we went to Texas later on, and me and Chase Briscoe kind of were battling a restart, and I wrecked. I totaled my homestead car, my second homestead car, the second time, and we had to rush the homestead car through the through the doors uh, for, for the championship weekend, a brand-new third car. I had three brand-new cars all year in that championship season uh, with, with RCR, and the first one I totaled here, the second one I totaled at Texas, and the third one, thank God, survived and won the championship. Okay. Come back here in the middle. Uh, you had a lot of restarts today where you were at the front, and then <laughs> I see it. I was like, Wait, "Where are you?" Yeah. Uh, and then you had a lot where you were kind of in the middle of the pack, and we saw those got really crazy. Can you describe what your thoughts are and what just the general goal and what you're trying to do to navigate around that that big pack? I'm not gonna lie. I I wish I had a switch to turn my camera off on the back of that dang car because 
I can't tell you how many times, like when AJ flew up into the sand in turn three and four, or when Chase spun out, or I think it was Blaney that spun out on the final restart. I was just like caught looking in the camera like I was a kid watching the best of the best race in front of me. Like, I, I got to drive my dang car. I got to stop looking at this camera. So I wish I could turn the thing off sometimes. It, it captures way too much. So I, I, would, I would hit a really good corner, but I would get so caught up at what was happening behind me, I'd lose track of what I was looking at. So I don't know. The camera's great, but sometimes I wish I could turn that thing off because I get too caught up in what's going on behind me sometimes. When you were leading and on those restarts, do you find yourself looking at that camera a lot too? Just to I mean, uh, yeah, like after I've apexed the corner and you know I'm kind of accelerating and I don't have to, I don't know. Maybe if I didn't look at that thing at all, I'd run faster laps, but... I don't know, I kind of would look in the in the camera from time to time and kind of gauge my gaps and see, you know, every lap after lap, like in turn one or in turn 13, kind of looking at my gaps, kind of gauging if I've made gains or not. But, you know, I have Derek and I have Randall and I have a lot of other great people tell me what the gaps are, but I still seem to seemingly look in the camera to kind of see myself. Okay, let's come up to uh, Tucker and then Dustin. Orange. I had a gas. Uh, Tucker White, Live Sport on Sports. Uh, first, an easy question here. Uh, how does that uh, champagne compare to uh, your boss's vineyard products? How's what? The uh, champagne that I assume that's what it is. Uh, your oh, no, his is way better by far. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Now, the uh, more difficult question here. So, even with the uh, late restarts, you basically had this race in check. So if I'm misinterpreting, did you ever feel like you really didn't have this race in check? Yes. Every single restart, I, I was I, – I don't take anything for granted. I mean, I knew I was going to have to work really, really hard on every single restart to win this race. And then when I saw Ross come flying back on the track until, you know, the decision was made to penalize him, I didn't feel like I had wanted it at all. So I, I just had to go out there and work hard. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Let's go over to Dustin. Yeah, well, Dustin Long, NBC Sports. With getting the pole yesterday, track position so pivotal, for as good as you are on road courses, again, I know you don't take things for granted, but did you feel like that this was an opportunity to be in control? Yes, absolutely. And how did that – explain that mindset going into this event as opposed to if you'd been starting 25th or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, how you approach pit road, how you approach your pit road entry. You know, you, you've got a really great opportunity. Even if you – the last thing you want to do at a place like this, when you have the pole, when you have that great pit stall, is go 105% on pit road or pit road entry and have a penalty. So because of the hard work we put in on Saturday, I knew that – you know, as long as we just played it 95, 90% on pit road and pit road entry into the box that, you know, and, and honestly how with the strategy worked out with the guys I was racing, they were having to stay plugged in longer to get fuel than than I was. I mean, it kind of worked in our favor to kind of be just on the safe side. But as I've kind of discovered with this car, you know, I've really pursued getting in the box as hard as I can, and then I slide through, but then I saw the whole pit stop down. And with this car, you know, Getting in the box is important, but uh, more than anything, you know, being consistent and stopping a little bit short, it, 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 that consistency there allows your pit crew to really jump on top of it and really execute a good pit stop. And I know you said you, you kind of didn't feel like you were in control when you're in the middle of the pack on those restarts and things like that, but throughout the race, did you feel like you were only having to worry about maybe a couple different drivers? Yeah. Or how concerned were you with, like, 
whether it was Blaney with that strategy, or was it more about Bell, or was there anybody else? Because it seemed like it was about, I mean, it seemed you clearly had the best car, and it was just a matter of if, you, if, if something didn't happen to you, this was going to be your race. I mean, I was, I was a bit alarmed by the amount of people that were able to make the, the two-stop strategy work. Um, certainly, you know, restarting, I think we're in eighth or ninth. Um, I think it was eighth because it was on the outside row. I was a bit concerned because, you know, the first time around when it was just three or four cars that, that did that, it was it was pretty difficult to, to get back to the lead. I, in fact, never did before the pit stop cycle occurred. So you know, I had to really push hard on that final stage three restart, to, or the, the stage three restart we had, not the final restart. So I knew I had to be aggressive. I knew I had better tires, and I needed to really maximize the braking zones to really put the other guys in bad spots. And it worked, but uh, I didn't know which car I was going to be racing, but I just knew whoever got the good restart and got out in front that was on the older tires was, was the car I was going to have to run down and race. And thankfully, uh, you know, I was able to be a little bit better than Christopher was in the braking zones to really not, not allow the, the dirty arrow effect, dirty air effect to really hurt my car. Okay, let's wrap up here with Jerry up in the front. So, Jerry Jordan, KickingTheTires.net. I, I saw one side of your car, but I didn't see the other. Did you get hit at all? Because there wasn't a lot of any marks or damage that we there could see. Yeah, I made, I made some pretty significant contact with Cole Custer, and for a couple laps, I was like, oh, no, like, the car's not driving the same, but I just turned that switch off in my head and just went back to attacking the track, and who knows? Maybe we bent something a little bit, but, I mean, it didn't, didn't kill the race car, so, I mean. The, the last thing that a driver should do is after contact just jump on the bandwagon of oh no the car's ruined making mistakes so I just you know if I made a little bit of contact whatever just got to keep attacking and making the most of whatever the car will give you. And since you brought up the camera have you thought about like some tape and some cardboard or something to cover it up? <laughs> well this is the dim switch on the camera I think I could just like have a dim switch setting to where it's either full brightness or zero percent brightness to where it's basically off I might do that. Okay, Tyler, thanks for coming in, and good yeah. luck in Michigan. Thank you. Good luck in Michigan. Fast track, Kyle. Looking forward to it. Wish I could go. I'm not going to make it to Michigan this week or Watkins Glen, Kyle. Hopefully, I'm going to be able to go to uh, my plans is to uh, next race would be Daytona. Got to stay out of the sun and stay cool. That's right, Rowdy. Uh, got a busy time, you know, regular season finale, and, uh, yeah, we'll set the playoff field after that race. Yes, we will. So, Kyle, what's your closing thoughts there this morning before we get out of here? Well, Rowdy, uh, we got Michigan this week. Uh, you know, Arkham Menard Series, NASCAR Xfinity Series, and the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, Racing-wise, not a whole lot going on. Um, just typical regular shows. Wednesday night is the, uh, the normal action track show at uh, Kutztown, PA. Uh, the USAC Wingless Sprint East Coast Sprint Car is running two twin lap 30 features on uh, Wednesday night. And uh, no, that's really the big race coming up this week. And then, like I said, the normal shows at Port Royal, Williams Grove, Lincoln. Uh, Knoxville Nationals are coming up soon, a couple weeks. And uh, I know that a lot of the guys will be going out for that. So. 
I don't know, Rowdy. There's a lot going on, and uh, you know, keep your eyes out. You know, we got Thursday night coming up, and uh, hopefully, we'll get some good guests for that one. Absolutely, Kyle. I'm looking forward to it. I like the morning. You'll be able to hear the playback tonight at six on the normal time, but we're going to be starting at nine a.m. Central, ten Eastern. If you're stuck in traffic, it's the best best place to listen, Kyle. Hey, get that uh, subscribe button over there. Go to our social media page. Kyle's got some good stuff on the RowdyMaglite.com. Check it out. Share it around. Kyle, thanks a lot, man.